Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to episode 39 of IG2G. Today, we've got all sorts of games to be talking about. Do you want to go into old buildings and do weird, wacky things? Do you want to punch people with your North Star fist? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> The I answer do. is yes? Okay, well, there you go. Hey, do you like having parties? Do you like doing all sorts of other fun, wacky things? Because guess what? We're going to talk about all of it. Stay tuned, everybody, because here we go. Top five releases. So I'm going to start us off this week with a game from a Polish developer that you don't you don't often hear that. There's like one or two that I can think of, but this is a game called My Memory of Us, developed by Juggler Games and published by IMGN Pro. I don't know if that's P R O or Pro. I've never heard of this publisher before, but this is a game available for PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. It retails for $22.99 or $17.99, which is a really strange price. Maybe it's like a like a Polish price. I don't know. But this is all about if you remember the game Vandal Hearts and its take on World War One. This is kind of a game in that same vein, all about World War Two and the whole framing structure of this game is it's an old man who's lived way past World War II, and he's recalling memories of when he was a child in Poland, essentially, during World War II, relating them to a child. And what I thought was really interesting about this game was the style of it. If you look, it's mostly monochromatic. It's really black and white. There's a little bit of red here and there that kind of creeps into the story overall. I'm not going to spoil anything. But the other really cool thing is this old guy is played by Patrick Stewart. So in the story scenes where he's recounting, you know, the you know the good days or the bad days as things went along, you get really good voiceover. I won't say voice acting because he's kind of, you know, remembering back and telling the story. There's no real voice acting to speak of. The kids, I think, kind of use like a blah, 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 blah kind of voice. And the story is basically a little boy and a little girl who become friends before the occupation of Poland, which in this game, you know, you can't use Nazi imagery in Europe or in Poland or that whole area. So it's a robot army that's kind of come over. But you can definitely see the influence of it. So they kind of take what happened and kind of put it in this robot army invasion storyline. But from what I've heard and what I can tell, the story does go to those dark places that, you know, history actually went to. And it's, it's kind of all about the, the Polish side of it, which you don't see a lot, you know. Here's how it was before the war. Here's how it started getting bad. Here's how it got really, really bad. And here's, you know, kind of some stories of some Polish heroes or, you know, famous people from Poland of that time and what happened to them. But you could see that from the eyes of, the, of these two kids. And what's really kind of cool about the kids themselves is... There's, like I said, a boy and a girl, and they each have two different abilities. Like, the boy can blind enemies because he's got a mirror, and if he stands under the light, he can blind the enemies for a split second. The girl's got a slingshot, and she moves a little faster, and you can split them up or move together, kind of like in a Lost Viking-style way. So if you have a girl, the girl go down here to flip the switch. The boy can ride the elevator up and go get the thing you need. I've heard that some of the puzzles are a little, like, obtuse and arcane in, like, a point-and-click adventure game-style way, but they look pretty interesting to me it's just you know people have said that they don't really mesh well with the kind of cutesy feel of the kids and the story but if you're looking for a puzzle game something stylistically interesting and then something from a different viewpoint from what we normally see i would definitely recommend my memory of us i've watched a lot of gameplay of it it looks pretty fun it looks like right up my alley it's pretty cheap it's a pretty short game though i think the one playthrough i saw lasted about two and a half three hours but like i said interesting in a lot of ways so go pick it up you know what, let's go ahead and stick to the old war theme here. And here's a title that really doesn't even need us to announce it, but I feel like we have to do it because otherwise it's just, like, insane. Let's go Let's go from sad, melancholy war in a realistic fashion to, bro, boom, to get superhero, blow it all up, yeah, and fly exactly. and jump. To war is great, and it's fun to be in wars and killing people. This is the opposite, man, Yes. Because you know yeah. what, wars. This is how the army gets you in right here, and that's Call of Duty Black Ops Four. <laughs> everybody, woohoo! Treyarch is back. They've got a new one out. Everybody loves Treyarch. Everybody loves Black Ops. And if you don't, you're a sucker face. And you know what they said? Oh, you love Call of Duty already, right? You love multiplayer, fast action, shoot 'em up, shoot 'em yeah, up, yeah. first person. Yeah, 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 yeah bro. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah, yeah. What? Hey, you like that Fortnite, that PUBG too? Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? 
Call of Duty's got you covered in a new Battle Royale version here. Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Everything you could ever possibly want. Your classic Call of Duty fast action, first person shoot them up, bang, bang, bang. And a Battle Royale now where you go in, drop in with 100 individuals. Oh, hey, who can make it to the very end? And the map goes bloop, 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 bloop. And then sometimes mm-hmm. zombies appear and special treasure chests and the cool things and weapons to get. It's your typical Battle Royale, but a little bit of spin, of course, Call of Duty on it. Nothing else needs to be said. I'm just telling you, it is out for you and everyone else on all the wonderful systems except Switch because nobody cares about Switch when it comes to Call of Duty. But you can get it on your PlayStation 4, PC, and of course the Xbox One. And enjoy the living hell out of shooting everybody and saying, War is good, man. It is great. Now, I know you said no more needs to be said, but I was looking at some of the announcement stuff all about the Blackout Fortnite Battle Royale mode, and the, the responses to it were really interesting. People were like, finally, no more stupid Fortnite where people are like building walls and you got to like think about space and structure. I was like, that like made combat interesting, sort of. And you're like, no, I just want to like blow them up, bro. I just want to shoot my grenades and stab my knives and shoot my guns. And I was like, all right. I just thought it was weird seeing like, I hate this because there's like a, you can put a wall up. I hate it. So I just want to shoot. Mm-hmm. I, I never would have thought of that, but there you go. Hooray. Well, it's a, Actually, it's a perfect system right now, a perfect world, because you got PUBG, the original, the more strategic, you know, gritty one. Mm. You got your Fortnite, which is the family-friendly fun one with the cool spin of building the architectures yourself and all that. Mm. And now you've got Call of Duties. Hey, just run and gun. Pick up cool weapons. Shoot each other. May the last, last man stand and be the god of victory. Woohoo! Yes. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> Gosh dang, Call of Duty. If you couldn't make billions more, you're going to now because it's an all-in-one package. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, speaking of beautiful things, the very next game up on the releases this week is Disgaea 1 Complete, developed by Nipponishi Software, published by NIS America. This one is available for PS4 and, hey, your favorite system, the Switch. <gasps> oh, this dropped- ain't that nice. <laughs> this dropped on the 9th of October for 50 bucks. And if you don't know what Disgaea 1 is, it's like the best strategy role-playing game because it's super over-the-top. It's got crazy cartoonish characters. You can level your characters up to ridiculous degrees. Like, I said over-the-top, but you have to think, like, you, your definition of over-the-top and then take that over-the-top because you can level your characters up to level 9,999. You can do billions upon billions of damage. You can actually, like, if you want to, if you got a sword, you're like, hey, this sword's pretty good, but it's only level one of 999. You can actually take your whole team of people and dive into the item. And so you clear out dungeon levels to raise the, the level of your item. So you're going in, big, long, giant fights. I think you can escape every 10 or 20 dungeon levels. So you do that. Oh, look, now it's level 20, like 20 of 999. And you can just keep doing that and doing that and doing that and doing that and power leveling your characters and your items and your weapons and your everything. It's so ridiculous. There's so many big, ridiculous combos and like magic attacks and summons and all the all the good stuff that you want out of strategy RPG you get in Disgaea. Disgaea 1 complete has been HD remixed and overhauled for all the graphics and the sprites and the animation. It's got the Etna bonus story from the previous like side story or maybe like sort of upgrade from a different game. Disgaea 1 is my favorite out of all the Disgaeas. I've tried 2, 3 and I think 5 and none of them have the right feel that Disgaea 1 had. It's just, this is right in my zone of strategy RPGs, tactical RPGs, however you want to think about them. It's a lot of fun. If you love strategy RPGs and you haven't played Disgaea, you need to get this now and just sink your teeth into it and go so over the top and crazy and goofy and weird. I haven't even talked, and nobody even talks about the whole like trial system where you go like, hey, I want a new rule that says fire magic does double damage and you have to take that to like a jury and have them vote on it and you can like bribe the jurors to get them to vote yes for you but if they if it fails or if people say no then you can fight the jurors who are super over leveled op awesome enemies anyway so once you're op you can fight the op guys make yourself even more op by passing these laws to make your future encounters even more op it's just ridiculous it's over the top it's over the top of over the top and you know you're going to love it, so just get Disgaea 1 Complete. 
Boom. That reminds me of the judging system from Final Fantasy Tactics Sake 2 and mm-hmm. uh, whatnot, whereas uh, they'd set up the rules, but you could break them at a penalty, and you'd have to, the judges mm. would come in and try to kill you, that kind of thing going on. It's not quite that harsh because there aren't really like, well, I guess there are some specific rules in the maps. Like there are, every now and then there'll be like a, like a crystal that sits on a floor panel. And it, like if it's a green crystal on a green floor panel, then whatever that thing does affects anyone who's standing on that panel. So there's one map that's really cool that you can super farm for experience where everyone, you know, there's a red crystal, all the tiles are red. Everyone on, that, on those tiles are invincible. You can do all the damage you want. You won't do anything to them. But there's one tile on the whole map that's not red. And what you can do is you can throw enemies into each other. You can pick up enemies or your own characters and throw them. So you pick up an enemy, throw it into another enemy. They like, and then they gain experience. So you throw like a level one into a level one. Boop, now it's a level three or, you know, whatever the boop is. So you can take like the 20 enemies in that level, throw them all together. You could do this... I mean, there's no, there's no rush to do this because you're all invincible anyway. You can make them this giant, ridiculous, like, level 99 enemy. Throw them onto the empty spot. Everybody piles around, and you're doing chip damage. But whoever kills it kills a level 99 enemy and goes... And goes nuts. Yeah. So there are weird rules, like, on specific maps. But as far as the, the judging and the jury, that's kind of like your overall. Like, I want healing items to be better. Pass that law. Now they're better everywhere across the board. So we're going to go ahead and stick to RPGs in general. We're going to talk about The World Ends With You, which was published and developed, of course, by Square Enix. This game, you might say, hey, this has been out for a long time, since like 2008. Well, you'd be right. It did originally come out on the DS, utilizing both screens, the touch controls, the voice commands, all that to play the game. Now, well, a game like that, you say isn't going to come around hardly ever again, right? Well, you'd be right, because frickin' DS is ridiculous, and most systems can't do all that kind of stuff. But the Switch can, dun-da-da-da, with some slight differentations and, you know, unique situations. So they said, hey, let's go ahead and do the final remix and bring that sucker out. And that's exactly what they did. So as of October 12th, 2018, you can go ahead and get The World Ends With You for the Nintendo Switch. Now, this is an RPG, as I already stated, but it's a very different kind of RPG. And when I say that, I mean it's not going to be you going item, command, you know, all that good stuff. No, you're going to be on a screen moving around actively with the enemies moving around, and you're going to be using the motion controls, the touchscreen, etc., to utilize your attacks, your combos, your magic, all that good stuff. you got to remember different... Uh, different movements and different unique things to do this. And then, of course, you'll have a set of commands that you have, and you can level them up, and you can only equip so many. And then those, when you're equipped, you'll be the more you do them, the more they level up, which will gain more powers and increase in what they do and maybe even change what they do. So it's a very, very different kind of RPG. And, of course, the base story is you are Neku, Niku, I don't know, I always call them Niku, but I don't think that's right. And anyway, he gets dropped into Shibuya, a version of Shibuya, and has no memories of where he came from or how it happened. Was it Shibuya? What is it, Matt? Shibuya. Shibuya. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's like Shibuya. Shibuya. That sounds like Shibuya. Chicago and Shibuya. <laughs> So he drops in there, and he finds out that he's part of this Reapers game. These guys and gals are like, hey, man, if you don't participate in this, you're going to cease to exist. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever, I'll handle business. So he starts going along. He meets some new characters. They become friends, but not at first. Uh, you do have to be patient because this game in the beginning, Neku's like kind of a, an a-hole. So his character just kind of wants to throw everybody to the side of the road doesn't want help da, 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 da. So, but once you push through you'll start to see them mature and come along and be te- become a real team and go against of course these reapers and get the hell out of this bad scenario the artwork is awesome the animation is awesome the way you do your fighting is fantastic because of like I said it being extremely unique I will state uh, a lot of reviews say that you have to play this uh, handheld that in docked it's very difficult because of the whole nature of the beast is for you to use the touchscreen and do all that. But when it's docked, oh, yeah. you've got to utilize the Wii motes and whatnot in weird ways. So they said if you mm-hmm. really want to get the full experience, make sure you play this one in handheld. So if that's an issue for you, you might want to steer clear of this one. 
but I would highly recommend it. I played it a long time ago, so I've got those fuzzy memories of it because I don't believe you actually did. Oh, Eric. I, know. I believe you you watched <laughs> over why? someone's shoulder and you were like, "I've played this game." Oh <laughs> uh, no, I, I I bought this one a long time ago, and it took me a while to get into it because I I personally didn't really dig all the weird funkiness going on with the DS at the time. It took me a little mm. bit to start to appreciate it. I never did finish it, however. So it's one of those games I picked up, played for like 15 hours or so, and never got back to. But I mm. did enjoy it. I did come to a light of the music, which I'll be the last thing I say, is fantastic. The music is what kept me in there because it was just, it was that, like you always say, Matt, you start, your head's just bopping to it. Oh, man, and next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're just bumping. And you're like, what's up? What am I even doing? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't even matter what I'm doing. I'm just going to sit here. It's sort of like my experience with the Persona series. I, don't even, I yeah, just yeah. stop even caring what I'm doing. I'm just sitting there listening to the music and chilling out and having a good time. So mm-hmm. in the end, unique RPG, awesome 2D sprite animation, colorful. You go to Shibuya, a unique spin on the bad guy, whole Reaper game, getting things out. Music, fantastic. A really good title, great characterization. I say don't pass this up if you like RPGs and a little different you know, sauce on that RPG. Now for the last game of the week, woo! It's WWE 2K19. You know I had to talk about this because I'm the wrestling guy. This dropped on the 5th of October for a full price, 60 bucks. developed by Ukes at Visual Concept, published by 2K Sports. It's the latest in the WWE 2K series. Now what I heard last year was that like last year's version was all buggy and ridiculous. At least, I mean... That's what I'm hearing now that I'm looking at the details on 2K19 because people are like, oh, man, I wonder if it's going to be overshadowed by that buggy-ass last game. Apparently, this one is pretty good. No major bugs. There's something, you know, little animation hitches and stuff, the kind of stuff you always get with these. But from what I've been hearing, it's a pretty good game. You got a new uh, showcase mode featuring Daniel Bryan and his basically his whole career, like from when it starts to when it ends. You get to play through like marquee matches and moments. And what's interesting about those is, from what I hear, you don't actually have to win every match. I mean, obviously he didn't win every match, but you have to hit like the major moments and milestones in the matches in these major milestone matches to kind of like level up your score and be able to progress onto the next. You know, the next moment, the next thing. And in between those, you've got vignettes with Daniel Bryan himself, probably talking, you know, a little bit about what was going on, what led up to this, what happened afterwards, what that moment meant to him as a performer. Pretty cool stuff there, especially if you're a big Daniel Bryan fan, which most people are. I kind of missed out on the whole Daniel Bryan era, but, uh, you know, he's super popular, so a lot of people were really excited for this mode. You got the My Career mode, in which you create your own wrestler and kind of have that, oh, I'm living in a van down by the river, but I'm really passionate about wrestling working your way up from the indies to nxt to raw and smackdown to pay-per-views going for the big title shots the cool thing about this year's mode is that it's fully voiced like everything is voiced and what i've heard so far is pretty good like that i've actually heard in trailers and stuff myself people are saying the voice acting overall isn't very good which anytime i've played you know a wwe game and there's voice acting it's really not very good, which doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, how can you be really good at doing promos, but when you go into a booth with a microphone and it says, hey, do a promo on John Cena, it goes, hey, John, you suck, and I'm coming for your title. Like, just close your eyes and put yourself in that mode, because I guarantee if you were at Raw or SmackDown, they were like, hey, you got an interview in 30 seconds, and you got to talk about John Cena, we're just shoving you in there. They'd be able to do it. So, like, why can't you do it when you're recording? Anyway, whatever. That's a whole side thing. The other really cool thing I've heard about this is the counter system is really interesting because in the older games that I played, you could counter like every move all day long. So if you're playing against the computer or a really high level character, you know, you'd go for a kick, they'd counter it, you'd counter their counter, and then they'd counter your counter of that counter. So for the first, you know, few minutes of the game, it would just be like it'd just be a stall back and forth until somebody finally landed a move then you get the stamina jump on them and you could actually start getting to work. But what's cool about this system is the counters are now on a cooldown. So like if you see an attack coming, but your counter is on cooldown, you have no choice but to let it hit you, basically. Or you have to think about how do I want to use my counters? Do I want to counter, you know, a simple DDT? Or do I want to save that for what, you know, I see he's getting close to his finisher. I need to need to save my counter for when he goes for that. So adding a little bit more strategy and kind of realism to the gameplay to make it more 
you know, I talked about Fire Pro, how you got to play that like a real match. This makes this sound like it's going to be more like a real match because if you watch wrestling, they don't counter every punch. They don't counter every kick. It's a big moment where, oh, he's going for this and countered out, and now this guy's outside of the ring and woo-hoo-hoo. So that sounds pretty cool. From what I've seen, the graphics are great. I mean, there's a little bit, you know, some superstars look a little different, look a little wonky, but overall graphics are good. I mean, you got all the music, you got everything, you got all the legends, you got a huge roster this time with even more people coming as DLC. Now, the only bad thing that I've heard about 2K19 comes in the customization features. Now, you can build all kinds of characters, all kinds of indie wrestlers, make them look really great. I've seen some awesome creative wrestlers out there, but the only bad thing is what I've heard is that they've implemented a loot box system as far as unlocking moves and animations for your characters so if you really want to create your wrestler and it's your dream to have the shining wizard as a finisher but it doesn't come default unlocked you're going to have to spend in-game currency to get more loot boxes to have a chance to unlock that that sucks I mean, everything should be unlocked from the start, or at least, you know, when you unlock a wrestler, you should unlock his whole moveset. Like, oh man, I got to work to get Andre the Giant, or I got to work to get Bret Hart. So, okay, sure, lock the sharpshooter behind Bret Hart, but at least have a lot of everything else. So, I mean, that, that's that been bread and butter from, like, not day one, but... You know, most of the early games had that option. You could fl flip through it and see, oh man, the Esarios Moonsault in WWF No Mercy. Well, I know he's going to get unlocked at some point, even though it's locked right now. So I can equip that to my guy once I unlock him. Now it's loot boxes, and loot boxes suck, especially when you want to customize your wrestlers just the way you want them. But still, overall, everything else has been great. Spend your money, Matt. Spend your money. I ain't spending no money. <laughs> we know that. So if you like wrestling, if you like WWE especially, you're going to have to get WWE 2K19. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Number five. Well, if you remember the ghost of the past, you heard something about strategy. And, well, this is a perfect point to bring up this title, and that's Super Mario Party for the Nintendo Switch, developed by ND Cube, published by Nintendo out October 5th, which is, of course, right now, you can buy it, and holy moly, ah, it is Mario Party, everybody. If you've followed along in all the different iterations, you know that Mario Party's had a rough past. You know, some of them have been not so great, some have been better, some have been really bad, to the point where some people were crying, saying, don't ever give us a Mario Party again. Nintendo didn't listen because Nintendo never listens. They do what they want to do, <laughs> and they brought us another one. And they did it right. If you loved the original Mario Party, you're going to love this one. Do you, did you like going through four different wonderful maps and having fun and having very unique uh, ways to go, different paths to take and all that? Yeah? Well, guess what? This one has that. Do you like over 80 mini games to play? Yeah? Which all them are really good? Yeah? Well, guess what? This one has that. Woo, woo, woo! It has all sorts of wonderful characters, all your traditionals, all sorts of extras. And the cool part is in this one is that each character gets, of course, a regular die that they can roll or they can roll their special die, which is unique to that character. And some, some have different perks. Of course, Mario's is like a bunch of threes. So no matter what, you're going to probably get a decent roll all the time. Um, and the example, the other example that's always used is the Wario has a chance at like a couple sixes, but he also has a couple negative coin ones. So it's like a high, high risk reward gambit with him, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You get what I'm saying. Every character's got some unique die they can do, or you can just go Barney Basic and don't worry about it and just do your regular six-sided die and go on about your business. Another thing that's back in this one that's come in and come out was after every round, so say you got four players, after four players go, you do a mini game. That hasn't always been there. That for a while went away, but now in this one it's back. After every round, you guys will compete in a mini game to see who wins to get more coins and work towards your stars. And speaking of the stars, ah, this is where you lose your friends. This is where you have the most fun. Because, yes, you get the stars through the coins. You get your stars through, of course, the different spots on the map that you're going to. And as everybody remembers, at the very end, they just start throwing stars out for all sorts of weird, random things. Most steps taken, most smiley faces, most shakes of the, the Joy-Con, that kind of stuff. And when you thought you were ahead and you thought you were smashing all your friends, 
guess what? They get 27 random stars, and you get three, and you get smoked, and you're pissed off, and you're yelling and saying, you all suck at this game. You only win because of all these random dumb things that they gave you, and it's the, it's the <laughs> best thing ever. That's the way it should be. That's the way Mario Party should always be, and that's what they brought back. Ah. Oh. I can't wait. I wasn't going to get this title. I was like, man, you know, I played the first couple Mario parties, heard Bad News Bears about all the rest. So I was like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that I see it's gone back to form, I remember back when I played those and had so much fun with my friends and family. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I have a family. Maybe this would be great. You know, I have you I go. have four Joy-Cons. I have four people in my family. So, of course, if you didn't know... You all play with one Joy-Con. That's it. Because you're going to need to be able to shake this sucker. You're going to be able to turn and move this sucker. All sorts of goofy, weird things you're going to have to be able to do. Because the mini games are all over the board. And since you have the motion sensors and all that attached to every, all these Joy-Cons, the, the combinations are almost endless. So if any of this sounds like fun to you, you might want to check this game out. And, of course, it does have single-player mode. It does have uh, co-op mode as well which does put a little spin on it because you can send your partner in a different direction to try to gather and steal different stars and coins. So keep that in mind. It has a lot of awesome things for you to play with. I'd recommend you at least take a peek at it if you own a Switch. Get this title. Super Mario Party. Number four. So, for the first time in many, many, many a moon, we have an IG2G mailbag question. This one comes to us from our buddy Sean Haggerty at 10K Beers on Twitter. He says, I've been a big fan of Telltale games ever since they adapted one of my favorite comics, Fables, into a game, The Wolf Among Us. I'm super bummed to hear what's happened to the company and all of those employees, but selfishly, I'm bummed for no more Telltale games. What other games from other developers might I like to try for that same style of storytelling slash choice-based gaming? Well, Mr. Sean, I actually took to the internet on this one, and I looked it up, and I googled I googled games like Telltale games. Just for you, buddy, I, I put in like the, dopey, the dopiest Google search ever. And even before those came up, I had some responses in my head. Obviously, the easiest one to say is Life is Strange Season 1 and 2. That takes so much inspiration from Telltale Games in the whole interface, movement, action, like choice-based gaming, different outcomes. Life is Strange is the, is the obvious go-to. And if you don't know if you're going to like Life is Strange, hey, why not f- download the free game, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit? You've heard me talk about it on IG2Gs in the past. That's the game where you're a little kid in you know, your house with your dad. You can do all kinds of stuff. So if you like the feel of that, you're probably going to like Life is Strange, even though the stories are completely different, but intertwined a little bit. So that's that's the go-to number one answer. Now, before I get into my picks, one of the answers that came up that I don't have any experience with, but you, Mr. Eric, do, people said Until Dawn. From what I've seen, you know, you got quick time event kind of action sequences. You got choices of, you know, go right or go left, go the speedy way, go the dangerous way. Are there, like, uh, dialogue options in that one, too? Because I wasn't sure. Tons of dialogue options, tons of quick time events, tons of which route, like you were saying, which route? Do you want to go the dark cave hole? Do you want to go up the rickety ladder? You know, all that Mm. features in those games. And... I will say though it's it is the same in a way as Telltale, but I would if you want to try this game out, I would warn you, it relies real heavily upon quick decisions. You don't get mm. time to process almost anything. You're gonna because it's all about horror. It's all about scaring the hell out of you and making you stressed out and and intense. So it's just quick. Mm-hmm. Make a decision. Oh, he's dead. Literally, you will murder all your characters. So mm-hmm. I warn you now. Be careful. This game's awesome, but it's really easy to just kill off characters because you were indecisive or thought, hey, oh, they'll give me a minute to think. They do not, sir. They do not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, see, I thought that was something cool about it that kind of isn't so much in the Telltale games. Like, you can make choices that have characters live or die, but generally it's not like a big decision. I'm using quote fingers right there. Like, oh, if Billy dies, well, then if it was between Billy and Stevie. Billy dies here, but Stevie dies right in the next chapter anyway. So it wasn't a big deal because you're, you're still on that same track. Mm-hmm. But I know in Until Dawn, everybody can die or nobody can die or only these people can die, that kind of thing. So there's that. There's Until Dawn. 
Now, one that I was thinking about on my own, just because you were talking about choices and you were talking about storytelling, and it made me think back to a couple Ajituchis ago with Lamplight City, which was the kind of LucasArts-inspired point-and-click adventure game that strips away a lot of those point-and-click adventure game elements. Like I said, you know, when I talked about it at the time, there is no inventory. If you need an item, you will automatically pick it up and you will also automatically use it where you need to use it, which is totally like the Telltale games. Like you have an inventory, but it's not like, oh man, I'm going to use the pipe on Sarah. I'm going to use the pipe on Bill. I'm going to use the pipe on the car. I'm going to use the pipe on the wagon until you find what it is. Usually you go there and it'll, inside of your, you know, touch, look at, it'll automatically have, hey, pipe. Oh, pipe on the wagon. There you go. You did it. So the way that it strips that away, I think you know, kind of vibes with the whole Telltale vibe. And then, again, in choice-based and storytelling, like I said before, this is an adventure game where, obviously, you're playing a detective, but you can make choices that are incorrect. You can fail the cases. Again, you can make real choices that really affect your game. Instead of some of the Telltale games where you make a choice, but overall, it doesn't affect anything. Here, you can totally derail and fail your case, and then move on to the next one, and the choices you made before affect what you have now. So there you go. There's another one, Lamplight City. And then the one that I thought of myself, because most of the answers were just, oh, look, a point-and-click adventure game kind of reminds me of Telltale, even though the storytelling is totally different, you can't make choices, and there's super inventory management. The only games that I thought of that really make me feel that Telltale feel when I play them are the David Cage or Quantic Dream games. Whether it's, whether it's Fahrenheit slash Indigo Prophecy, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, or Detroit Become Human, you have that same kind of interface, like walking around and you can... There's a little bit more like motion context sensitive stuff in these games, but you're walking around, you're picking up items, you have dialogue choices, you can respond to people in certain ways, you can bond with people in certain ways, especially in Detroit Become Human. People have actual perceptions of you. If you do things that Sally doesn't like, Sally's going to like you a lot less. So when you have to use Sally to do a thing, she's not going to be as responsive. I mean, I'm being very vague, obviously, but characters can live, characters can die, characters can stop liking you and run away and abandon you based on your choices. So, I mean, the David Cage games get a whole lot of flack based on the stories, but I always enjoy them myself. The, the, you know, the choices make a lot of sense. The QTE action segments are really entertaining and pretty well done, in my opinion. You know, I'm a huge fan of those games, but they totally give me that same vibe of a Telltale game when I'm playing them. So that's, that's my list. I don't know if you had any others you could think of, Eric. There was just one, uh, Firewatch, the Campo Santo guys over there that was the you were mm-hmm. the fire lookout uh, henry is his name and i guess it takes mm-hmm. uh adventures of him he has a personal life and you're just out there checking things out you see something suspicious happen and your your partner in crime your check-in lady you know she's just kind of bantering with you back and forth but you start to find out something else is going on in, the, in this little you know national forest that you're checking out, living in or hanging out in so you go to start mm-hmm. to just down that path i don't know much i haven't played it it was one of those i wanted to play never got to so i couldn't tell you really where it goes from there all i do know is that it does have a lot of that you know hey just wander around choose a path find different items to get this done do that you know and then it's all based around just this real casual relationship you have over the walkie-talkie and the the, the chick mm. on the other end, and you learn a little bit about her life, his life, and then you build a little like rapport with her, and it, it's pretty unique. And it just kind of reminds me of that Telltale vibe, where it's just it's more about the story and the journey going through it than it is about the quick time reactions and things going on and shoot 'em ups and all that other good stuff. True, true. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of people recommended like that or gone home. And I was like, well, why? Because the interfaces are totally different. But like you said, kind of going through the story and learning more about X, Y, and Z versus gameplay, that totally makes Uh sense now. So yeah, that'd be my only recommendation. There we go, Sean. Hopefully that answers your questions. Get on those David Cage games because I love them and I want to have somebody to actually talk to who actually plays them. Oh my God. Number three. 
I've got no really cool segue from that awesome question that we just received, so I'll just jump right in to my next game, and that's Mega Man 11. That's right, everybody. Capcom. Wait, how about oh. this? Hey, dude, I was playing Mighty Number no. 9 the other day. Are there any games that, like, influenced or, or kind of like that? How about that? There's a oh, question yeah. for me oh, to you. Well, there are. It's this wonderful what? set of series that's called Mega what? Man, man. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, what? No, it's insane. But actually, you don't want to talk about my number nine. It was a bomb and died. No. And just terrible. No, yeah, it's just. We just no, leave it in the darkness no. and let it just fade away. It's okay. Because mm-hmm. we got. What you do with my Kickstarter money, man? <laughs> I didn't Kickstart yeah, it, but. You exactly. Know. It came out. You just didn't get what you wanted. That's all. Oh, poor, mm-hmm. poor, poor, mighty number nine. Ugh. Mega Man 11, however, does fulfill its promise. It's a brand new, wonderful Mega Man title in the series, and it is for all the systems. Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and, of course, PC. But no one cares about PC, PCP, blah, blah, blah. Everybody loves I PC. Know. PC Master Actually, Race, I'm starting man. to like PC, too. You know, I got my cool controller hooked up so I can start playing some of my games on Steam. I'm coming around. Mm-hmm. I'm coming around slowly. It's all right. This is one of the titles. It was another one. I was like, well, should I talk about this one? Everybody knows Mega Man, right? But if you don't, okay, here you go. Dr. Wily's the bad guy. He's always up to no good, always creating some crazy ass robots, trying to do some weird things, destroy the world or take over the world. And Dr. Light was his one-time partner, but now the opposite. He's the good guy who wants to save the world, keep everything under control. He created Mega Man to battle out against Dr. Wily and do all the cool stuff. And, of course... Dr. Wily says, well, you can't have this, so what am I going to do? I'm going to make those evil robots. And then Dr. Light says, Mega Man, you got to go fight all those evil robots. Mega Man's like, cool beans, man. So what happens is a nice little row comes around you, Mr. Mega Man, on these these little square screens. And you can pick which robot master you want to go and fight in any order you want to. However, here's where the unique part of Mega Man takes place. You need to fight these guys in certain orders because the powers you attain, that's right. When you defeat a robot master, you get his or her powers. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So you'll get their power, and their power might be exactly what you need to combat a different robot master's powers. So that's where the strategy in this game comes in, is you have to pick the right bosses at the right times. Otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time. And from what I hear in this particular entry, a couple of the bosses without the proper you know, combat, robot master, combative, retaliation, expert, awesome thing, you ain't beating, suckas. You ain't beating them. You're going to go in and be just destroyed. You're going to hate life. What, Matt? <laughs> Now, see, I was sitting here just shaking my head because I know all about Mega Man. I'm like, you tell me all this crap. I already know this, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought back to Mega Man X when you get Boomer Kawangers, like boomerang mm-hmm. thing, and you cut off Flame Mammoth's trunk and it just falls. You, the first time you found that out, you were like, uh, hell yeah, it's awesome. It Even though it wasn't the, the ideal thing, it was like a little side mm-hmm. thing. If you did that, you could get this. Woo-hoo. Exactly. This one, however, unlike Mega Man X, does not have all the really cool power-ups that you can find all the way throughout the different maps and secret treasures. This is a more traditional Mega Man. However, the graphics, of course, have been upgraded. It's like a 2.5D sort of graphics with 3D enemies and two just 2D backgrounds, old-school 2D backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jumping is perfect, spot-on. You do have your slide once again, which some people say is overpowered, but I say is amazing. Your charge Mega Blast is back, so you get all of his standard unique awesome abilities and they also introduced a uh, a new thing called speed gear and power gear and the speed gear once you you get this little charge meter once it's charged up it allow you to like manipulate time which adds in a whole different you know world in which the bad guys can do abilities and the speed at which think traps can be set off etc because now that you can manipulate time you can speed it up slow it down all that to get past things you couldn't before and the power gear of course makes it so you shoot you know you're a little bit more well it's power gear. Duh. You're more powerful. Your shots mm-hmm. are more powerful. Your weaponry is a little bit more. But when you use this, you can overheat it, and then you can't use it for a while. So you have to, like, manage the resource, basically, and use it only when needed. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself overheated and out of it. And then I know that it also said that if you get the bars all the way up, there's, like, this mega attack you can do, but it completely depletes it. But it, like, kills everything and goes nuts, but it leaves you in, like, a weakened state. So... Kind of a new play on old school, you know, Mega Man. Pretty neat. I thought it was pretty cool. The the baddies, 
all look fun to me. I haven't played this title yet. This is one I'm going to get because I've always played Mega Man. But they look great. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, uh, that's about it. I mean, really, Mega Man's a simple game, you know? Go after Dr. Wily's robots, get them, beat them up, take their abilities, use their abilities in the different levels to make it through. If you find yourself struggling, you know, feel free to cheat. Google already, I can promise you, Google already has in which order is the most efficient to defeat every boss already. And even if it doesn't, just back out, go fight a different boss and see what happens. That's kind of the beauty of Mm -hmm. Mega Man. You know, I played back when internet didn't exist. And so therefore, that's how I learned. That's how I played was... Go, go mm. beat a boss and find out at the very end, hey, he's impossible. I can't beat him. And then I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I got to go beat this one instead and try. Yeah, it's so weird to think about, like, again, going back to Mega Man X, because that was the big one that I played a lot. I mean, it, fe- it feels like going back in my memory, I knew which ones to do, but I didn't look it up on the internet. I didn't have a strategy guide. I didn't have anything. You just... I know I must have just done it that way. You just fight, fight, fight. Okay, I can get this guy. All right, is that useful on any of these other ones? Not really. Okay, well, he's not the first one to do. It's this, try this guy. And then his thing. Uh, okay, it works on that guy. His thing works on that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're smoking it and having a great time. Mm-hmm. And lastly, before I close it out, I will say that this uh, this particular title does have time trials. So if you're big on the speed runs and all that, it has like gold, silver, bronze, and you can get into different time frames and, you know, just something to push for if you want to get golds and all the different uh, Robot Master levels. Which, uh, of course, by the way, if you don't know, are all unique. They're always themed around whatever the Robot Master is. So you'll get a nice variety in there. So be expecting that. They also have uh, missions, global leaderboards, um, and all sorts of other stuff. It's a, it looks really cool. I can't say I've played it but I'm going to. I look forward to it, and I hope everybody else does too because if Capcom sees that this sells well and does well, we might possibly get more, well, when I say more, sooner than you know, every 10 years or so. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. So up next on the list, it's my new baby. My new, well, I can't say my new favorite game, but my new hotness for right now. It's Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. Oh, baby. Developed by Sega CS1, published by Sega. This is an, like an alternate universe retelling of the whole Fist of the North Star saga. It pick, The game picks up right as you, Kenshiro, are going after Shin for the second time, where you're trying to get Yuria back from him. And it just, it's its perfect. It's beautiful. It's its its wonderful. In the first five minutes, you're already blowing up people's heads. You're like sticking your thumbs in their temples and making their heads explode. It's, oh my God. If you love Fist of the North Star, you're absolutely going to love this game. And the reason I say it's like an alternate universe retelling is it's basically, like I said, it takes place mostly after his second confrontation with Shin, where he beats Shin, but uh, Yuri is gone. Yuri is Kenshiro's lover. They're... I don't think they're married, but you know what I'm saying. They're they're engaged. They're they're together. And Shin beat the crap out of Kenshiro, stole her. So you're coming back for revenge in these opening moments. You beat the crap out of Shin, and he says, "Hey, Yuri is gone. She's not even here." So you go back to just trekking the wastelands, looking for Yuria. And the part again, the whole alternate universe part is this game revolves all around a walled city called Eden. So Kenshiro comes up, he hears she might be in there. You got to find your way into the city. You got to find your way around the politics of the city, all these unique and original characters. And then it kind the whole fist of the North star saga kind of revolves around this city. Like instead of just, Hey, my, you know, my, my sworn brother, my, my training brother, Toki, is being held in this prison over there I gotta go get him like in the original anime and manga it's hey the captain of the guard in Eden has been struck by this weird technique and nobody knows how to fix it so I, I've heard rumors that my brother who is an awesome healer is in Cassandra so I gotta go there to free him to save this guy so it's all the big story moments are there. You know, I just got through the duel with Ray. Spoiler alert, but it's not really a spoiler because they always have to meet and everything. So all the story moments are there, but they're themed all around this new fictional walled city called Eden. The big hook of, about this game for me is it's made by the people who made Yakuza. It uses what I feel is like the Kiwami 1 engine because the engine does feel a little bit 
dated and a little bit stiff, like when you're like exactly yeah. what you just did, mm-hmm. that motion you just did. That's how Ken feels when he's walking around. Like you can walk forward and then start moving, but if you have to turn around, he does like this weird like strange turn around and then go. So it feels a little stiff. It feels a little a little strange. But the combat feels really good. It doesn't feel as smooth as Kiwami 2 or 0 or 6. So I feel like it's on an older Yakuza engine. But it feels and looks so good. You beat the crap out of thugs. You use your Hokuto Shinken moves. Basically like the heat actions in Yakuza. It cuts you into a little QTE minigame. Which, I, I mean, I feel like it cuts into the action a little bit much. Because you got to hit this button and hit that button. And then he, you know, he does the technique and it he yells out the name and it shows it in kanji on the bottom but the heat actions in yakuza are basically like just little little cutscenes you see i feel like the ones here take a little longer so they take you out of the action a little bit a little bit more than the heat actions do but they're so over the top and ridiculous and you you know you can like yell out the technique with kenshiro because it feels so good because the impacts are so good and seeing people's heads distort and explode it's just so good. Speaking of heads exploding, yes, this is a totally mature rated game. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of explosions of body parts and things. But it's done in such an over-the-top and, like, I wouldn't say silly way, but it's it's not gruesome, really, just because of, I, I don't know, it's hard to describe. Like, if you watch some of the original Fist of the North Star anime, it is kind of gross in a way when you think about what's happening and when you see what's happening. But this one is just so over the top and I don't know, something about the impact of what's actually happening really just, I don't notice Mm it. Uh, Maybe some people will, but it doesn't seem that over the top. Now, the other thing, this is made by the Yakuza guys, so there's all kinds of sub-stories, all kinds of activities all throughout Eden for you to do. And that was the one thing I was really worried about in this game. In Yakuza, you have so many silly or fun, or touching, or heartwarming sub-stories, and I was like, how are they going to pull that off in Fist of the North Star, where it's dark, brutal land, and nobody's there to have fun, nobody's there to be silly, but they totally do pull it off with the Eden citizens, because, you know, we're living in the walled city, we're pretty safe, and then, you know, if bandits get in, then these peaceful people have to react to this violent situation, so there are a lot of really funny sub-stories, there's one with, like, the Eden Safety Committee, who want Kenshiro to solve things with his words and not his fists, I've seen two of those so far, they are hilarious, they are awesome, I will say the only thing about it is, you know, Kiryu from Yakuza is a, he's more of a fleshed out character. Like he reacts to things in an over the top way sometimes. Like if they ask him to do something ridiculous, he'll like, whoa, what the heck? And there'll be a, you know, big camera movement and all that kind of stuff. But whereas Kenshiro is like totally deadpan a lot of the time. And a lot of times there's humor in that, but when there's a really, really silly situation that you would like him to react to, he's just kind of like, what? And it's kind of like, I I want a little bit more. But like I said, sometimes that deadpan humor is great. Like, hey, we want you to solve with your words and not your fists. And he's just, he immediately, in one of those, just turns and walks away. And they're like, hey, hey, you got to come back here and listen to me. I'm serious. Oh, okay. So as a protagonist, he's he's fun when he's, you know, doing his action stuff, but on his own in some of the sub stories, he's a little bit too low key for what I like in these types of games, but still usually really pretty fun. The mini games are awesome. Death batting where he just picks up an I beam and he's he's treating like motorcycle riding punks like baseballs in a in a batting cage. That's awesome. I found my very favorite mini game in this whole game where it's you know, he can use his his pressure point abilities in Hokuto Shinken to either explode bodies or to heal them. And so you get pulled in to be the doctor for the clinic that's, you know, because the other doctor's been run off by the thugs, they stole all this medicine. And it's a whole, like, timing-based musical minigame, which I was not expecting at all. Like, you have to either beat up thugs, because there's thugs in the room, or heal people in time with this crazy music that your nurse is just blaring over the speakers. It is wonderful. It is so good. I was cracking up so hard when I was playing it last night. Awesome. Really good. There's a Hostess minigame. It's not quite as good as the Yakuza ones, but it's in there. I love the Hostess minigames in those, so to see it here again was great. It's just 
This game makes me smile so much. I will say, if you're not a Fist of the North Star fan, like if you don't know the story and love the lore and the characters, this might not be the game for you. Like even if you like Yakuza, it's kind of a step down from what they've been releasing lately. But if you love Yakuza and Fist of the North Star, you cannot beat this game. It's so much fun. I laugh so much. I do just brutal kills, even though I've seen them before. When I boot, it, boot up the game and I do it the first time, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile. It makes this big grin go on my face. I can't wait to just... Oh, I want to explode more heads. I want to unlock new moves because you're unlocking new moves all the time too. Oh my God, it's so brutal and fun and over the top and great. Sub stories, awesome. Mini games, awesome. I love this game. Everybody should get it. If, again, if you're a Fist of the North Star fan, you definitely need to get it. It's so much better than the Fist of the North Star Musou games that came out earlier. This is the perfect fit for Fist of the North Star. I just hope they have a way to continue this series with these developers and this system. Outstanding. Love it. Bam. God dang. Matt's going crazy. He loves his game. He loves his game. Woo! God bless. I can't help it. I just get out of roll and it's just, oh man, well here's a little defect, but it's amazing and I and love it. I don't it. care. I love every bit of it. I, I, I literally do not care. Number one. And so, you know, I feel that the last one, Keeping It In Spirit, is a game that isn't even out mm-hmm. yet. You know, so technically, I shouldn't be even going, oh, this is great. I can't wait. Blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This might suck when it exactly. comes out, Eric. What's it's wrong with you? definitely not impossible. However, it is highly improbable <laughs> because the individuals, Remedy, who may are making this game, which is Control. If you haven't heard of it, you need to check it out. It's called Control. They've also done my favorite, Alan Wake, and of course, Alan Wake American Nightmares. I loved those titles. I've just, God, I, I it was a, one of those throwaways i swear to you i i picked it up on a whim i don't remember why maybe it was you were talking about it i don't remember mm-hmm. what happened and i was like whatever yeah sure i'll try this game out so i went and bought it and this is back in the day when i was allowed to buy video games and do whatever i wanted to yep. so i bought this game and <laughs> fell instantly in love the supernatural elements that they they crafted together were perfect and spot on they had this fun campy stuff going on but this like super serious kind of dready overtone to supernatural and then of course the whole Mm -hmm. instance with the flashlight and utilizing that and the light to keep the baddies away a superb game always kept me moving always kept me wanting to go one more step plus they had the cool little the radios the journal logs all sorts of fun little mm-hmm. things that you could find and and just keep you interested the, pa- the pages yes. that he'd written out of his oh, book that yes. you could get so good and and i have to interject real quick because i think you got it because i bought the collector's edition of it because i loved remedy so much from max Payne one and mm-hmm. two which are some of my absolute favorite games so yes remedy is the best remedy number one Mm -hmm. i want i wanted this just because it is remedy i don't care if it sucks or is the worst thing ever i will support that company till the day i die matt you need to look more into it because i have been and of course a little brief overview real quick for everybody you are jesse a chick who's an agent you know she's really cool at what she does she has some unique past going on she steps in to new york city i believe it is into the federal bureau of control it's this giant just windowless towering structure and she goes inside and it ain't right okay has gone downhill the director he's gone he's gone afk dead who knows whatever's going on all of a sudden you are thrust in through some story plots into the position of the director and you have to get this building back under control well what is this place what are you even supposed to be doing well you are a group of individuals like the fbi but your mission is to monitor the supernatural and keep it under control that's your job. There's a lot of lot of, lot of yeah. uses of the word control here. I don't know why they <laughs> named it control, though. And so what apparently what has happened is some little bad guy entities, some weird, unique, supernatural baddies have come in to this place and started wrecking shop, and they're taking over, and they've taken over the bodies of the different agents and employees there and are now using their bodies to try to attack you. But because you are some unique, crazy person and part of this weird, magical, supernatural world, you also have your own abilities and powers. 
So you'll quickly start to utilize like a, a wall, a shield that you can put up when rocks and debris from around you will coalesque and then you can block bullets, things like that. You can throw using, you know, force push thing and grabs to throw items that are all over the place at enemies. And you also, of course, have a gun which has a couple different modes. You got like your big blast, your single blast, and they said there's going to be more abilities, of course, that the gun will be able to utilize and adapt to and change to. And the gun itself is like this really cool like cube, you know, those little Rubik cubes. It looks like a, a, mm -hmm. a Rubik's Cube gun, and it just changes and, and, and molds into different shapes to do different things. Awesome. Yes. And, of course, as I said, the environment is like highly destructible. So while you're going through and you're throwing a tractor across the way, it'll bust up walls, bust up tables and everything around it. Then you can like take the table and fling it at the bad guy using your powers, shoot him up a few times. Nice. And then, of course, the baddies themselves, uh, they have the different kinds. They have ones that are flying around, regular, just, you know, hey, they have guns, ones that run at you, that kind of stuff. And they said there'll be tons more. They've only shown a couple gameplay videos as of this moment. So your mission, of course, like I already said, is to go through this building, find out what happened, and get it under control, seize the day. Mm -hmm. And the cool part about this is they call this place the old house. And being that this is all supernatural and all banana lands, once you start to learn your abilities and learn your different rituals and whatnot, you're going to get more power within the old house. And you're going to be able to find all these little weird like portals to like weird alternate realm things that are still within the old house, but not. So you'll visit different environments like an old motel area, but you're still within the old house and you'll be solving problems in that area, then coming back and, you know, being able to move forward. And of course, while you're moving forward, this game is going to have, well, this is what they say, a ton of, a ton of side quests and things for you to do and in, in different characters for you to interact with. Not everybody's dead and gone and just possessed. So you'll find out all this cool stuff and then learn more story by interacting with these characters. And in one scene that they show over and over in all the different gameplay photos and gameplay videos is you coming up to this section with all these numbers and there's different items of power, they call it, in these windowed areas. And one of them has this refrigerator with like this red like aurora just coming off of it. And there's a dude sitting there and he's staring at it. And he's he notices you there and he's like, he's like oh my God, I've been sitting here watching this thing for over 24 hours now and I can't look away because if I do, it deviates. Bad things happen. Someone's got to be watching it. I don't know how much longer I can do it. Can you please take over for me? And like, if you do, it opens up a whole side quest in which you take over and help this guy out and do all sorts of stuff. But you can also not do it. You can just walk away. And of course, at some point in time, you can see the repercussions of not helping him and what happens when that refrigerator door opens up. It's fun mm -hmm. things like that. And they also showed like this busted up uh, white car sedan or something like that. And it was just like sitting there and you're like, well, what, what, what item of power is this? What, what's going on with this item? And so I'm sure there's going to be like journals and logs and things like that for you to learn all sorts of different things about these items of power, they call them, and just different scenarios you're going to enter in. If you haven't guessed, they're kind of eating off their old days with this whole supernatural element. But bringing in like fringe, mm -hmm. you know, that sciencey, fun, like craziness going on. Yeah, yeah. That's what it had. It had a little bit of Silent Hill going with all these bodies hanging in the air. And sometimes they drop down and attack you. Sometimes they don't. So it's always that suspense and not knowing exactly mm -hmm. what's going to happen next. It looks amazing. The graphics look great. I love the way everything takes place. And like, lastly, the battling. Whenever the, the, the weird supernatural reaper guys, whatever they call them, come in the colors change so they get these weird pulsating reds and blacks and stuff going on until you beat them and then the world kind of goes back to the normal colors the grays and the browns and whatnot of the actual facility so it, it also adds that sense of urgency and just ah mm. stress to everything it looks great i'm gonna i'm gonna keep watching this one and i feel like it's not getting quite enough you know oomph out there i just don't feel like enough people are really talking about it Maybe that's just because of the immediate future has Red Dead Redemption 2 and a couple of, you know, really big name titles. So everyone's just focused, laser focused on that right now. But True. I don't care. I'm going to keep preaching for control and you're going to keep hearing about it because I want to make sure Remedy gets what they are owed. I'm telling you, Alan Wake should have did way better and everyone fell off the horse and didn't get it and just not, you know, not fun, not cool, man, not cool.
Hey, I got it, man. They got my 90 bucks or however much for the collector's edition. That That book that came with it was awesome. Anyway, so. Exactly. So that's about it for me, and that wraps it up, man. We did it. That's right. It's time for the Imposters Wrap-Up. Imposters Wrap-Up. So, hey, are you like Sean? Do you have a burning question for us? If you do, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, if you just want to say hi, send that stuff to us at info at thirdshift.me, tweet at us at thirdshiftme, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can. You can also find us over at Patreon. If you like what you hear, like what we're doing and what we're up to, please consider heading on over there. And we treat it just like a little old tip jar. Throwing a buck, throwing two bucks, whatever you thought that particular episode or whatever was was worth, hey, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything you can and cannot do because you know what? Sometimes you can't donate to that because money is real. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I don't appreciate the things you can't do. That doesn't even no, make any sense. No, we, How can I do that? We do, man. We appreciate all the things you never did do because you might have done something really bad. <laughs> we appreciate I mean, I guess the that's fact true. you did do it. <laughs> oh, goodness. This episode's worth a stabbing, that's right. but I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, I do appreciate that. I appreciate that. that. Don't kill us. Thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> If you can't, throw us a buck, throw us two bucks. That's all right, too, because as Matt just said, you can give us the likes over there on the Twitters, the Facebooks. You can send us questions for IG2G or any of our other podcasts or the Patreons, et cetera, et cetera. We really do appreciate it and hope you consider being a part of the Third Shift family. Yes, of course we do. We do appreciate it. We appreciate any kind of love from all of you guys. But, of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 30th of October for our very next episode. There might be some spooky things on that episode. You never know. But you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, and on Spotify. I'm going to have to add that to my repertoire. It's just not going to flow right. I don't know. Thanks a lot, Danny. And hey, as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. And I will just say, please, five-star ratings for us. That's all I'm going to say. Five-star ratings for us. Please take a moment of your time. It's a five-star party unwind. If only you would say it a moment of your day, you would have had the, oh, you had the rhyme had there. Oh, yeah. Dang it, man. Dang it. Oh, well. Oh, well. On that failure of a note, no, I guess I'm just going to say, say. No, we're going to say it, man. We'll see.